coming off the top of the cage. It is the top of the cage podcast. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. I thought I stopped saying that. Justin Juice Cannon. What's going on, Juice? Uh, not much, man. Just, you know, living life. Had a nice day off. Catch up on wrestling because I'm really behind. Got to, uh, you know, try a new restaurant, you know, school things. Very nice. Very nice. Lots of cards. <laughs> well, like you said, uh, you were catching up on wrestling. So let's let's do a little recap of the week of wrestling that we've had behind us this week. And there's been a lot, actually, between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW, even just some of the other promotions as well. There's been a lot of wrestling that's gone on, a lot of big moments. So uh, what are a couple that you want to highlight right now? Uh, let's start with um, two of the past big events that happened, uh, both last week. One Saturday and one last Monday and Tuesday. We'll start with Wrestle Kingdom. New Japan had their annual two-night big event. Wrestle Kingdom 16 happened. Um, I'm just going to run through what I thought of it. Usually, I think Wrestle Kingdom, that is the event where three or four of the matches are like, in my top 10 match of the year every year. So I had high expectations. It was it was still good, but I'd say this year fell a little short. There's exceptions. There were, there were definitely matches I left. Like uh, night one, I wasn't really a big fan. There was nothing really that memorable. Even the Takagi and Okada match, which was a great match, but I thought that was maybe like a classic. You know? I, I'm, I can't really remember that many spots from it. It was still a great match. Night two, though. Okada and Osprey main evented. That was very good. That was that was awesome. Not as good as their match they had la- at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, but still, I loved it. Especially the last like the last ten minutes, definitely must watch. Well, the last fifteen minutes, must watch. Uh, another night two match: Jeff Cobb versus Naito. Uh, underrated. I don't think it's getting talked about long enough. Like Jeff Cobb's so good. And Naito's just awesome. And they blended really well in the ring. Night two was very consistent. Every match was pretty solid. But Wrestle Kingdom 16 wasn't my favorite Wrestle Kingdom. The move on from New Japan, Impact had Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill delivered. Like, damn, that was good. Like, Hard to Kill is becoming, uh, like, last year's Hard to Kill was one of my favorite pay-per-views last year. And this one... I know it's still beginning of the year, but if you haven't seen it, uh, watch it. Like both Billy and the listeners, um, it it really impressed me, especially the Josh Alexander versus uh, Jonah, formerly Bronson Reed in NXT. That match was just a banger. Like I'm not the biggest Bronson Reed guy. I think he's good, but um, wow, well, that they put on a health show. Uh, also, it was a little Ring of Honor invasion during uh, the pay per view too. Like. Jonathan Gresham had the ring on title match, but also we had a surprise during the five-on-five hardcore war. Um, the winning team, uh, Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, uh, Heath Slater, and Rhino, their team won. They beat uh, Eric Young's faction and, uh, you know, the tag team champs, Gallows and Anderson. And after that, Ring of Honor, some Ring of Honor faces attacked. The Kingdom, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, PCO, and... Vincent all attacked the winners 
and I'm curious what they had in store. I think we're recording this on Thursday, so tonight we'll find out what's happening. And also, Roxy, it looks like she's going to defend her ring honor championship against Diana Perrazzo tonight, night that we're recording this. And Perrazzo's putting her uh, AAA, Reina's, I can't pronounce it, <laughs> her woman's title for the AAA promotion. Her title's on the right, so it's a winner-takes-all match. That should be great. Uh, Hard to Kill was really, really good, especially the first like, few matches. The the two, the main event and co-main were solid, but I'd say the first like four or five matches really like impressed me. All right. Yeah, I know you and I were talking about that a little bit earlier today, that those, those events had some much-see matches. And anybody who doesn't have Fight TV... Make sure that you are buying it and tuning into these promotions because, as you said, these matches are bangers. 13 days into the year, and we're already getting some match of the year candidates. We love to hear that. And pay-per-view of the year candidates, too. All right, so moving on to more American wrestling, we have the two bigger promotions right now being AEW and WWE had some big things going on this weekend, or this week, rather. One thing I want to talk about is the match that was had between Grayson Waller and AJ Styles. Last week, you and I had a lot of choice words about Mr. Waller, maybe you more than me. How did you feel about that match after it happened? He impressed me. Uh, I, was, I was happy. He showed out, and he showed out against the top former. AJ can put anyone over, but it wasn't just a – I know sometimes a guy that's really good can make the other guy that's not so good look good. Like um, some critics of Triple H, you would say that. Triple H always got put in the card against these top performers that made him look better than he was. I don't agree with that because he's a great storyteller. But I was worried that that might be the case with this match in AJ Styles to make Waller look good. That was not the case. Waller, Waller held his own. Waller performed well. And, um, you know, it was a big litman test for me. I said that. I said I this was going to be a big match that really shapes, would mold my, further my opinions on Waller and really try to cement what I think his career is going to look like or what he's going to, how good he really is. Because I was yet to be really convinced like a lot of other people. And he did a good, he did a great job. He was good. He was impressive. I'd agree. I was overall impressed. I think that AJ Styles personally solidified himself closer to this generation's Bret Hart in the sense of being able to just really go in there and work with anybody. Not saying that Waller was a bad dance partner because Bret had some bad dance partners in his time that he made look good, but definitely was impressed. And I got to say, NXT overall, just as a show, I I feel like it's becoming must-watch television. Like, as somebody who, in NXT 2.0's original Inception, shit all over it, I am now seeing like this young crop of talent that are there right now. And again, them losing Regal definitely still really hurts, but the product that they've been putting out, and this is coming for, again, from somebody who was a really big hater of NXT 2.0 in the beginning is starting to become must see. Yeah. I think one thing I'd let's say about that is when the first started, you know, I was worried and I'm like, this is pretty fun, but like, the level, the quality of actual matches were kind of dropping and not as consistent. And then New Year's Evil really, you know, showed me that, oh, these these young guys, they can go. New Year's Evil 
delivered like four great matches. And then this week's, you know, the Tuesday with AJ Styles, there were other matches on that card that were also good. Like Wendy Chu had her debut as Wendy because she was Mei Young. Mei Ying. That, um, that gimmick, by the way, is very fun. I hope that they can do interesting things with that. Me too. Uh, like, it is goofy. Watch her just like with the body on the ring. It just, it was goofy. And she had some good suplexes too. Like, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what she does with it. Um, I think she'll be good. I think she'll do a good job. I just hope she gets a little bit of a push and gets used and really, uh, you know, NXT falls through with their vision if they even have a vision. Uh, also, Zion Quinn and Santos had a great match. I'm glad Santos won because I was just I, Santos. I think is one of their top in ring performers, especially with Kyle and Johnny gone. I think you could debate him being the best in ring. I just, I don't think it's a debate. I think it's either him or Champa. <laughs> guess maybe debate between those two. And there's other great in ring performers, but like it's those two. Oh, Pete Dunne. Okay, those three. I'm not gonna add anymore. But yeah, and then Pete Dunn had his final match with Tony, the crowbar match. That was fun. Well, not final match. Well, it, it seems like it's the end of the game. And it might be Pete Dunn's final match at NXT. Yeah, that's good. That's all I've yeah, they're having great matches in NXT recently. Uh NXT two Pro was hitting their stride. Yeah, that match had way, way better outcome than any something on a pole match deserved to ever have. I was I was impressed. Uh again. As somebody who the other week was saying that they aren't sure about uh, Tony D'Angelo, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I I hope that the in-ring style and the character does continue to grow. Like I said, I hope it doesn't get stale because it is it is getting fun. And like I said, NXT 2.0 is starting to get fun. It seems like Melo has his next challenge. Do you want Grimes to end his NA title run? Or do you want Carmelo to retain? Because I want to strap on Grimes and have Mello run in with Breaker. That's what I want. I, I think that that would be okay. If if that's the direction they go in, I think that's okay. Graham and Grimes, I feel like, deserves a championship at this point. I mean, his 2021 was phenomenal. I say, yeah, why not give him the strap and let, let Mello go to the main event and uh, let him really shine against Braun. All right. And moving on to the main roster. First off, uh, Juice, I'm sorry that RK Bro are no longer our Raw Tag Team Champions. However, good for Alpha Academy. It's really great to see friends win championships together. They deserve it. Um, I even I even texted like our little wrestling group chat. I didn't I didn't hate that because I think Otis and Gable deserve gold. And I think with this feud, uh, all four of them were killing it on this main feud. I haven't been watching much Raw, but I've been watching that. Keep up with that because I'm really interested in it. They all four are great performers, and the match they had this Monday was great. I got to catch that. I'm just happy. Like, Gable deserves more than just tag but gold, but as him with gold, he deserves it. He's great. He's, he's grown so much in the mic, and in the ring, we all know how good he is in the ring. He is one of the most underrated technical wrestlers in the world. Like, he, he can hold it. Like the dude has one of the most diverse movesets. He's so strong. It's just he's short and doesn't have the look that Vince wants, but he can go, man. Like, give him a big push. Like, I want to, I want to eventually, I would love to see him get a Rey Mysterio like 
push and the type that you know he's a little guy and give him a world like i think he could have a fun little world title yeah i think that he could have a fun just a workhorse champion sort of run and it can be transitional there's nothing wrong with it being transitional so long as he's defending and wrestling good matches i mean you know with the young crop talent that are coming up i think that that's definitely possible a lot of great matchups are possible yeah, if it was like a four-month, three- or four-month title run, but he's defending it constantly, like having open challenges on TV, the three or four pay-per-view matches, and all great, like, I'd be fine with that. And then, you know, give him like a U.S. title run or something after that. So, so my question to you now, are we building towards Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania? Yes, I think that's the goal. But I'm kind. Of, what I'm hoping is they rush it, like not not rush the like. I hope Randy and Riddle maybe end it a little before Mania. I don't. Know, I kind of want Riddle to win the Rumble, and like it, him and Randy are still kind of friends, and like Riddle does something that costs Randy the match, and Riddle wins it, and Riddle's gonna all glory, and then Randy like goes to congratulate him on Raw, and then, you know, RKO's him out of nowhere, and they do a little mini feud, and, like, they do a little, like, special stipulation, like, if Randy wins, he takes Riddle's uh, main event. Something like that. Or even not, or just, you know, something to do the feud until, and then Riddle picks his opponent after. And then we get what I want, Riddle versus Lesnar. (laughs) Riddle wants it. I want it. Give me what I want. I think it would be fun. I mean, another thing I wanted to bring up was the Bobby and Brock feud. I personally, I know Bobby Lashley has said forever, give him Brock Lesnar. It'll be a great match, but I think it would be fun to see Riddle win the rumble, go on to, to face Brock at mania, potentially take it off Brock at that point too, and have Randy be his first feud after mania. I think that that would be really cool and a great way to establish a hopefully long championship reign after that. And you know, Riddle's my favorite. So <laughs> get push Riddle just, Give him all the titles. <laughs> I, I think that the that the machine is behind him a little bit more right now. And hey, why not? All right. And let's move along to SmackDown now. Juice, what's going on on the SmackDown world that you want to bring up right now? Honestly, I'm a little behind on SmackDown. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, SmackDown, comparatively of all the wrestling shows we're talking about here tonight, are probably the one that I am least behind on, too. Uh, I mean, I am aware of Roman versus Seth. I mean, those two guys can go in the ring forever. Like, I could watch them wrestle forever. I think the story that they'll always be able to tell is really great. I don't know. Like, I I think that the whole situation coming out of Roman having COVID and then Brock getting the WWE Championship is weird because who knows what would have happened with with the Universal Championship, with the WWE Championship at that point, too. But I think WWE is working with what they got right now. Yeah, I wish I wish the COVID thing didn't happen because I was a Biggie fan, and yet I heard that Biggie was supposed to win that match, and that would have made him look so good. Like, I still want, you know, uh, hopefully, I, it just makes things confusing. Like Biggie and Riddle on the same brand, I don't know what the root for, because I want one of them to be the world champ, but they're on the same show. <laughs> it's just tough as a fan. And then on SmackDown. Um, yeah, I mean, Reigns is money, but I feel like other than that, like, there isn't that. The roster's not as deep or 
it doesn't draw me in as much. I'm not really interested as much that's happening with rest, especially since like the the way they treat Shinsuke and just <laughs> he he's still a champ, right? Again, oh, forgot he was the intercontinental. Well, apparently I saw a report that apparently he's been dealing through a hand injury. I guess Rick Boog said that in an interview recently. Well, if he heals up or um you can just vacate give an interim little champ for a bit. Maybe like they have like an interim battle royale like the winner's the interim champ until like well i mean it, it, i don't know how long term or if this is just like a nagging injury with shinsuke but yeah and an interim and have rick win it or something or some well, well yeah i think rick would be the perfect candidate the interim champ to be honest agreed and i think talking about interim champions i think that's a perfect transition to talking about AEW now and our new interim tnt champion sammy guevara Great match with Dustin Rhodes. Also a great match with Daniel Garcia. Yeah, the one with Rhodes, that was a bomb runner. Like, Dustin, his AEW run is maybe one of his best in his career, and he's had quite this diet, like storied career. Sammy being interim, I love him back with the belt. I kind of hope when Cody comes back, Sammy retains. But I don't know. I mean, they might be pointing. It's hard to tell where they're going with this story right now. It could be. I don't know, like, at times I thought maybe Eddie Eddie versus Sammy, but then they're like, no, it's Eddie versus Chris. Um, Eddie is working with 2.0 and Danny after feuding. I'm kind of like, it's kind of, I don't, I'm having trouble following this feud, to be perfectly honest. But it's a lot of people I like, so I'll keep watching it. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. And I mean... I don't know. Like, I, I love faction warfare. I think that AEW is extremely far behind on having a trios title, considering that they now have people like Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole and the Bucks, too, at that point. We have the House of Black gaining a new member in Brody King, who is officially all elite. I don't know. Like, trios titles in AEW almost seems like it's interesting that they don't happen at this point. I know we've talked about it, and it's still like a story. It's just like, um, like I said before when we talked about it, they need to add TV time if they're gonna add enough title. You can't add, you can't have too many titles, but with the amount of factions they have, a three man is 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 necessary. <laughs> I think so. It's just tough. Like, I don't want like five billion titles on the show, like, but I think they need it. And I think they definitely need more TV time. Brody finally debuting like they've been hinting like they do all these little blackouts recently the past few weeks i'm like oh it's gonna happen and then it's just you know malachi just switches from inside ring to outside they just and they know they're doing that they're doing on purpose and it's, i like it i liked it yeah that finally happened we finally got our debut of brody King. that was cool that was cool to see uh, i'm a big brody guy i'm a fan of his uh i'm a fan of his brawling style style and i think uh he'll be a great addition to AEW. But one thing, I, I do love factions, but one thing for AEW, I, 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 they do need more, like, standalone. Like, they have Daniel Bryan. They have Mox, but Mox kind of had a little, like, alliance with Eddie. That's it. Like, <laughs> can't, oh, Abaddon? <laughs> Was that I mean, Hang, Hangman is technically on his own. Like, he's associated <laughs> with the Dark Order, but he's not a part <laughs> of the Dark Order. Uh, he's he's kind of the zone, I guess. <laughs> He's really, he just hasn't been presented that way as recently. 
Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say like, think about the people who are running the company, but think about the people who are running the company, all bullet club, all people who come from new Japan in the era of new Japan faction warfare, where literally if you weren't a part of a faction in new Japan during that time, you know, like kind of like what you're saying, like not really too many standalone stars at that point, but I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I like that though. That's an interesting take. I, and I think, that's something I really haven't thought about until you just mentioned it is you're right. There really are not a lot of just straight up standalone AEW stars right now. Yeah. It's something I'd, I'd kind of want to see more of like, maybe I'll just start training wrestling just so I can be standalone. <laughs> I'll be your manager. Then I wouldn't be alone. <laughs> true. true. Managers are okay. Just no tag team partners. <laughs> You give me my point. Oh, wow, that. In two weeks' time, WWE will be bringing us my favorite pay-per-view event of the year and my favorite match of the year with the Royal Rumble happening on January 29th, which is a Saturday. Fucking love Saturday pay-per-views, by the way. And there was one big name that got announced for the Women's Royal Rumble that I I think shocked a lot of people considering who this person is. Juice, why don't you let everybody know, who is this mystery woman that got announced? Yeah, I mean, obviously not a mystery now, but uh, Mickey James, the Knockouts champ. It's still Knockouts champ because they announced it before her match at Hard to Kill. She retained. Sorry for the spoiler uh, if you didn't see the match. Uh, just listeners. Billy obviously knows what. Um, yeah, Mickey James and the Rumble. Uh, that's awesome. And I love that WWE is finally getting involved in the Forbidden Door. I love how involved Impact with other promotions. Like, Impact's on the rise. And, like, if you don't watch Impact, watch Impact. Like, it's so underrated. It's so, it's so fucking good. It's, it's consistent. It's, it's one of my favorites, to be honest. Like, it's one of the ones I keep going back to and watching. It's some of my favorite people. But, yeah, back to Mickey James. I wish it was a surprise. I think that's my only note on it. Like, they announced 18 people in the Rumble. A bunch of surprise. Like, I'm going to name some of the other ones that are in the in the Rumble besides Mickey. Uh, Summer Rae, Lita. Uh, both of those should have been surprises. <laughs> Especially Summer Rae. That's big. Like That is big. When, like, when was the last time she was in WWE, if you know? I believe it was, what, 2017, 2018? Yeah, I think it's been like around there, like five, four or five years, something like that. Uh, maybe three. But yeah, that's that should have been a night of thing. That should have been the music drops. It's Summer Ray. Same thing with Mickey, because like the Forbidden Door, you wait. Oh, the internet would have been a buzz. Like, think yeah. about how a buzz they were with just that announcement. Imagine if they just fucking dropped the nuts in the match. That's like call your friends. Holy shit, something's also, happening style. Craziness. Not not Mickey James WWE music, but just imagine it. it the, the things happening and it's hardcore country, and it's just Mickey James comes out to her song, and this is like with the knockouts title on her shoulder. People be freaking out. Like that's an image that should have been left tonight, and I, I, like no one in the meeting thought of that. Like I know there's probably still will be surprises. Like. Last year, they did announcements, too, and there were still, like, surprises. 
But the fact that Lita, uh, Mickey, Summer Rae, Michelle McCool, I feel like there's another like legend. That Kelly Kelly? Match. Kelly Kelly. The fact that all of those have been announced already makes me think, okay, well, the surprise better be like you resurrected China or like it's Tristratus. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I think somebody like Roxy would be pretty fun to see in that scenario too. I know. Um, yeah, I'd love to do more for Vendor. Like, if, yeah, or to bring back Kyrie Sane. That would be one I'd love to see. Like, they just, that's how they rehire. But going back to what you said, imagine though, it's number 30. Everybody else is in the ring. And like you said, music drops, comes out with a title. Like, that would be insane. Like, that is literally, like, I get WWE wants to get the buy rate up. I'm sure that's the main reason why they announced this. But still, and I know, I, I think we'll transition into the other topic we have written about the Royal Rumble. Like, why does WWE keep announcing these surprises? Even with the men's Rumble. I mean, I don't think there's any really big ones announced right now, but in the past, they've done it. You know, with I, the biggest one I can think of recently that hasn't been announced was Rey Mysterio back in 2018. Like, that came out of absolutely nowhere. Hot off the heels of All In. You know, hot off the heels of Rave showing up everywhere across the world, wrestling and all those different promotions he did be a triple A, like I said, all in. I think he did some Ring of Honor stuff at that point, too. Um, like that's that's like the last big one I can think of that we didn't really know anything of. I mean, obviously, yeah. Edge, I, I feel like Edge, obviously, but Edge, but also the Edge, there are so many rumors and like people were prepared for it, but still were shocked at the same time. Like you were there with me, like me and two of our buddies all like jumped out of our chairs well three of our buddies like jumped out of our chairs freaking out the hedges back even though we did know like that was probably gonna happen um yeah like surprises are the best part of the rumble uh that's that's why i get so excited to watch it that's why i that's my favorite part of it the surprise return so like you can again you want to announce a couple like you said to get the buy rate up you can announce Michelle McCool, Killer, and um, I mean, I'd rather Lita be surprised, but announce that. But Mickey James and Summer Rae, those are two that should have been surprises. Agree completely. <laughs> it's it's just crazy. Like it is just so crazy. I don't even know. Isn't there only like something like twelve men who are announced for the Royal Rumble right now? Yeah, I think it's pretty low, and I think it's all just active people so far, right? And I don't think there's any like returning people. Are there any people that you'd like to show up in the men's rumble surprises or maybe another Fidbert door person? That is possible. Obviously, don't start saying the AW people. <laughs> so one that I would think would be interesting is I know that recently Moose has gone on uh, Twitter and in some interviews calling out Roman Reigns. I think that would be pretty interesting, you know, just at least have him have the opportunity to face Roman Reigns, you know, like, I, cause somebody like Corey Graves, I feel like Corey Graves also is a person who recently just got cleared. Yeah. I, I feel like that could be really fun. Cause Corey, I feel like is like in the know enough about other wrestling companies to like really give the synopsis of being like this man called out Roman Reigns. This man just beat Christian cage on impact television. You know, this man did this, this man did that. So I think that would be really fun. Uh, obviously, as I just said, uh, Corey Graves is another surprise that I feel like everybody at this point is like, yeah, 
he got cleared to wrestle, so happens to be two weeks before the Royal Rumble. We've seen them do the announcer spot before where the announcers just happen to casually have their ring gear under their suits. Um, and I also do have the list, by the way. So the list currently is Johnny Knoxville, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, both the Street Profits, Austin Theory, Sheamus, Damian Priest, AJ Styles, and Big E. Only 10. Okay. And one is Johnny Knoxville. I'm sure they'll announce a couple more, a few more before guess the point. I'd rather they not just keep 20 surprises. Some of my surprise guesses. Um, I think Paige could make an appearance in the women's match because she's been cleared for a while. Uh, there were rumors of her coming last year. So I think that's one. Uh, if Bailey is cleared, that's one. Asuka's been missing. Uh, I know Dakota Kai, her run in NXT seems to be done. They're not doing much with her, anything with her right now after war games and i know there are talks of her being drafted and she wasn't so i think that's finally gonna be her time to debut and not just be like an nxt person who appears on rumble but actually debut that and the main roster that way uh men's i was gonna bring up moose <laughs> i'd love to see that because uh i'm a big moose fan i do like moose and i want moose versus brains not saying moose would win but like that possibility like you said being like you know Moose being in that Royal Rumble match would be really fun. And WWE is all about fucky finishes. So, I mean, it could just be a fucky finish. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, another one, I'm trying to think of some men that are injured or like. Hmm. We could see Kofi come back too. One of, one of the things I want to fantasy book about the Royal Rumble is I do see Big E being a big favorite to win the Rumble right now. And having him go to SmackDown and challenge Reigns. And I feel like you can build up the feud with the Bloodline versus the New Day. Because that gives Big E a reason to be on SmackDown. Especially if he's chasing the Universal Championship. And then he could also beat Roman. I think that everybody's always said for a while that Big E's going to be the one. And I think that's a great story to bring it up to. That'd be good. I'm saying room for Riddle. But uh, I'd love Big E to win it too. Because uh, I, like I said, Big E's goal would be good. And if Big E went to SmackDown, then I can have... Biggie and Riddle as champions. So yeah, Biggie can go in. <laughs> and then Riddle just you know he can win later. <laughs> Another men prediction I wanted to say, I just thought of one. Um oh, damn it, my fucking brain. Uh I if I can think of it in the next 10 seconds, because we're in a podcast, I'm trying to waste time. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Three. I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> Just practicing my countdown. No, yeah, for the robo. No one, no one came out. It was a, it was a fake entry. Oh, it's so. vacant. The most decorated champion in WWE and all of professional wrestling history. Yeah, I'm excited for the rumble either way. I can't wait to see. You know, what surprise surprises they do have in store, and. Who wins? Because I feel like it's a little more open this year, especially in the women's. Uh, I hope Sonya returns as an in-ring performer. Asuka could be one because she's been, I already said that, but she's been gone for quite a while. Yeah, I'm still trying to rack my brain for like injured men or like men that could return. You know, it'd be a cool one that's a forbidden door that probably wouldn't happen like like there were talks in New Japan and WWE working with each other like a year ago and nothing happened with that. 
I love like Okada. That'd be sick. That's not gonna happen, but like that would be dope. That would be pretty fucking insane. I feel like you could even have Osprey at that point, considering he has like didn't he get uh like invited to the Cruiserweight Classic? Yeah, he did. Could have Zack Saber Jr. at that point too, somebody who was actually in the Royal Rumble or not the Royal Rumble, the Cruiserweight Classic. That were yeah, it's definitely like possible. Um, New Japan showing up that would definitely uh, have Twitter, the internet, spread it ablaze. So Rumble was a fun time, but WWE, please. Please just leave some room for the imagination. Leave some surprises for the night of. Because I was just kind of just furious that the Vicky thing in summer was announced. I like looked at the picture. I'm like, is that Summer Ray? I'm like, that's how they announced it. They put a picture of 18 people. They don't even tag her or say anything about Summer Ray individually. This is like, here's a picture. Oh, there's Summer Ray in the corner. Go find her. <laughs> but that's how they do it. <laughs> Where's Waldo style? Yeah, because like the first time I saw the picture, I didn't even notice it was Summer Rae. Then I look it back, and I'm like, that is Summer Rae. There's not two Kelly Cups. There's that Summer Rae. <laughs> Just like hiding in the corner <laughs> in the back row of the picture. Time for a push job release. We got a little fun little uh, movie themed ones this time. So we're just gonna do the one. Push job release is a you push who you want to be in the top of your card and your little fancy promotion job. Doesn't necessarily mean jobber, just means you're not gonna go past the mid card. And release, you have to make a tough decision and release someone. Our three people are Sylvester Stallone as Rocky. Arnold Schwarzen, uh, the Terminator, and Jason Voorhees from the Friday 13th franchise. Uh, Bill, this was your, that you, you made this one, so you can kick us off. Yeah, so I just want to, I just want to preface with, uh, it's not going to obviously be like superpower Jason Voorhees, unkillable sort of thing, not like the Fiend at the Hell in a Cell versus Seth Rollins sort of, it's going to be a character who plays them. Or I'm sorry, like like the actor who would play the character in a similar role of a wrestler, not like not like the Terminator is actually made of metal or you know anything like that. But I think for my release, I might have to go with Jason Voorhees, just because I think that the other two characters are a lot more fun. I feel like I could have a lot more fun with them. I feel like a Jason Voorhees character could get boring after a while that they're not talking. I feel like that's a problem like Kane had. Kane came off the scene and was a huge, big badass. And he had Paul Bearer with him, which is fine. You know, Paul Bearer did a lot of the talking for him. Eventually, people wanted to hear Kane talk. Like, it was a whole storyline of getting Kane to talk. So that's why I feel like it would be tough to have a character like that, especially in a position higher up on my card. In terms of job, I feel like I'd have to go with a Rocky. I want Rocky to be my push so bad, but I just can't justify him being put over a Terminator-like character, or Arnold Schwarzenegger especially as a Terminator. I feel like Rocky would be a very fun mid-card champion. I feel like Rocky would be a very fun guy, you know, at the bottom of the card. 
especially because his whole thing is he is an underdog. He is, you know, the the amateur boxer from Philly who just happens to get his one shot and really knocks it out of the park. I feel like that kind of limits his overall stature to the jobber or to the job of the PJR. And that leaves pushing Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator-like character. Again, it's just a killer. Like he in he has great quips, great catchphrases, badass look, muscular, strong, unbeatable. I'll be back. You know, if he takes if he takes a big loss, you just have him ripping I'll be back. And everything is everything is right with the world for the Terminator character. I think, and plus we've seen technically seen like a Terminator-like character technically in Triple H's entrance before Terminator and uh, WWE did a little promotion with uh, WrestleMania. I think it was 31. I, you know, I could see, I could see a Terminator like character really working in a wrestling world. So I think I would have to push the Terminator job, Rocky and release Jason Voorhees. We have seen a, a, a character that is based off a character in the Rocky universe in wrestling. And uh, Xavier Woods was consequences Creed. And that was based off Apollo Creed. So we have seen stuff like that. And uh, I'll just go into mine. This one's tough. He, I wasn't going to release him, but I think the case that you brought forth was um, compelling. It really decided me that I would release this person too. And it's Jason Voorhees. I think to get around the not talking thing, I would pair him with a manager like, you know, his mom. This is Voorhees. She was the original killer. She she talked. <laughs> so maybe pair him with her to fix that. But I think it's still a limit. I don't think Voorhees draws in as many people as the other two would, even though Friday 13th is very, very popular. Um, but yeah, I'm going to release him. I'm going to job, though, on the, I'm going to job the Terminator. Because I'm a big Rocky guy. I'm pushing Rocky. And I think, like you say, he's an underdog champion. That's your top baby face. But also, like once in, in Rocky franchises a lot, he wasn't, at one point, he wasn't the underdog anymore. He was the top dog, the top champion. He's the guy who beat Ivan Drago, the Russian Terminator, the, the monster, the unbeatable one, the guy who killed one of the greatest boxers of all time, Paul Creed. But Rocky beat the shit out. Because Rocky's a legend. And Rocky defeated Disciples after that. He like he boxed a movie when he was like 60 and brought a dude to his limit. And Rocky Balboa, he's also, once he retires from in-ring action, he can manage. Because he already managed Apollo Creed's son in the Creed movies. So he can do it all. He can. He's an in-ring performer. He can talk. He can manage behind the scenes he can train he can do it all man that's why i'm pushing him to the top of the card um, job in terminator love terminator love arnold i just think rocky's got more appeal as a champion and can do a lot more company as a top guy and once he's done i think a top guy becoming a manager really propels that uh, person they're managing so that's why he's my push I like that. That's kind of the reason why I wanted to push Rocky. But like I said, I think just the Terminator is really fucking badass. Like I, I'm going for like the badassery 
over the practicality i feel like <laughs> you got the lines too like those the shirts sell like Albibach and like uh, like you said like the one-liners that you can make merch off it just is a uh, limitless it's plenty of merch with the other two as well but the most definitely comes from terminator card and WWE is a company that's very merch centered. So I'm not saying where WWE, but like if that's your business model, that works. And also like Terminator's a badass and just kicking everyone's ass, kind of like Brock Lesnar style. So definitely, definitely be a top and card worthy act. And to end our podcast tonight, we are doing one of my favorite segments, our fantasy booking segment. How would you book them? Where we strap on our fantasy booking hats for storyline dreams, and so a writing team will hire us. Juice, the one I picked for us this week comes off some news that Walter is having his last NXT UK match, and there are pretty heavy rumors that he is moving to with his girlfriend to the United States. Now, with him moving to the United States, that means he's not only closer to NXT, but to the actual WWE touring as well. So we're just assuming here that he's going to go straight to the main roster. So I want to talk about how would you book Walter's debut onto the main roster? So this actually refreshes my memory, the me trying to think of men's people that got into the rumble because one of them was Walter. Uh, the other one was RVD. I know RVD says he doesn't really want to sign WWE, but I can still see him make an advance rumble. We'll get back to Walter. Yes, I would debut him at the Rumble. I think that's perfect and perfect. And I would do it in a way, like I remember Finn Balor early in his time, like his debut in the Rumble, they had him be like an Iron Man and really like impress and have a big run in the match. I'd do Walter the same way. Well, actually, if it was me, I'd have Walter win. <laughs> right away. And when then face face uh lesnar or reigns well, i i wouldn't want to be healed so i'd probably have to choose lesnar at that point and have him win the title which i know contradicts me wanting where to win that is no <laughs> but yeah i'd have i think we'll, we'll just stick what i initially said i'd have him debut in the rumble and be like an iron man have him debut early i'd, I'd around between five and ten and have him stick around for, I'd say, I'd put him in the final five or put him in the final four. I'd put him in the final four and I'd say then that's the first look at the final four and then have a feud with whoever eliminates him. And I think a good person to start a feud with for him, I'm going to go with, this is toughy, but I'll go with Biggie. I think I'd like to see a Haas fight right off the bat. I think the power of positivity and kind of the goofiness that is the New Day and Big E really combats Walter's character of the ring general, the mass sacred seriousness. Like Imperium had a lot of issues with MSK and uh, Breezango because they're goofiness and they didn't take things seriously. That's why they wanted to, you know, beat them for the titles and take titles off them so bad. So I'd say if Walter 
yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm debut the Rumble, maybe a mini feud in between it. Senna, let's say in this scenario, Biggie wins the Rumble. I'll say that. Biggie wins the Rumble. He wins at Mania, but he's some between the Rumble and Mania for Walter to do. I'd say a good feud. Keep Walter on SmackDown so he's in the same place as Biggie and have Walter face Cesaro in a dream match. And that keep that for a while. Like a little long feud. So a little after. I say that ends at Mania too. Biggie beats Reigns at Mania. Biggie needs an opponent after Mania. It's Walter. And I'd say three match series. Um, two of them on pay-per-views, one's on TV. So end it around June. And that's what I would do for Walter's start. And that's how I debut him. And that's how a run in the main roster would start for me. See, you're better than me. I want to debut him at the Royal Rumble as well. I think that that's a given. Except you you held yourself up from saying that he's not going to win, but I'm going to say he wins. Fuck it. He's going to win because we're fantasy booking. I can fantasy book whatever the fuck I want to. He was winning. He's winning my Royal Rumble. And he is choosing to face Roman Reigns. But I think that this is a great opportunity to bring up Imperium as well. And that will be to face the Usos. And I think that in that period of time you have between the January pay-per-view to WrestleMania being in April, you have a lot of time to really tell the story of the Bloodline versus Imperium. I think that there would be a lot of fun tag team matches. I know you're not a big Usos guy, but I do believe that Imperium and the Usos would have some great tag team matches. Uh, I feel like you can have them, you know, trade off doing 1v1 matches. You can have Walter take on one or one of the Usos, depending on whoever you want it to be. I know Jay had a great little run in the uh, pandemic era as an individual wrestler. That was really fun. I think he showed that he has some chops as an individual wrestler. And you can have Roman, you know, again, kind of the same thing, face off against whoever it might be. I think that that is a fun way to tell a story. And I think that you can transition that, you know, having Walter probably end up losing. I don't think I have him taking the belt off of Roman at WrestleMania, but also I feel like that's a lot of eggs in WWE's basket to just straight up say, yeah, let's do Walter at WrestleMania main event. Cause I feel like WWE is like, that weird that won't put butts in seats sort of situation meanwhile walter is one of the longest reigning wwe champions of all time so wwe branded champions i guess i should say i feel like he does get roman at wrestlemania after winning the rumble because i feel like that's a great way to debut somebody too i mean think about how how it helped lesnar as well like lesnar's royal rumble win uh, granted he was on a tear and he was a beast and a freak athlete but walter i feel like is similar in the stature of big menacing dude who hits you hard big meaty men slapping meat and can just really win a feud he's more unique than that like he's more than just he's not just a big guy like he's got unique build like he's got such a move set he's uh, something always new happens so brutal he's one of the most fantastic storytellers there are like every time I watch a Walter match, I just I'm breathless. Like I can't. But sometimes there's longer matches where there'll be a minute or two where I look at my phone or you know I'm not fully like into it or something. That has never happened with a Walter match. My eyes are always glued to the screen because he is that damn good. I will say I'm a I am a big Walter fan. Like I guess I really downplayed Walter as a character and as a wrestler in that description of him 
but no, I, 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 I know you. I know you knew it, but I just wanted to add that too because I'll always every chance I get to put over Walter, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, and if you guys have any recommendations on future fantasy booking segments for how would you book them or if you have any pjrs or if you want to let us know what you think about wwe not keeping some of the secrets of the royal rumble a secret you should let us know on social media and juice where can the people find us on social media on twitter it's capital t capital o capital t capital c underscore capital p lowercase o lowercase d on Instagram, it's T-O-T-C underscore P-O-D, all lowercase on that one. And like Billy said, you know, just talk to us, send any PGRs, um, what you think of them announcing Rumble participants, maybe even throw in some uh, predictions of surprises you think that will happen that haven't been spoiled for us. And as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we hope to catch you next time.